Hey guys, sorry if it's windy, I'm uh, standing outside right now. Um, so, you guys asked for favorite John Mulaney bits, and I just wanted to say I don't really have a favorite bit, um, but sometimes when I think of just random words, like, I hear them in his voice, like, when I, uh, went to college and I was declaring my major, I was like, you heard me, an English major, um, just like, etc., um, yeah, uh, I think it stemmed from, like, the fact that I've had to overwatch his, um, specials, and also Oh Hello, which is, like, the most perfect thing ever, um, just to, like, uh, like, subside some anxieties, because he's the only thing chaotic enough to, uh, keep my brain distracted at all times. All right, thanks, guys. Bye. Hi, Bram, Beth, and Brendan. Um, it's Deirdre. I watched some of John Mulaney's, uh, I watched John Mulaney's monologue, and he talked a lot about Andrew Cuomo, and so as a New Yorker, I wanted to share with you my favorite Andrew Cuomo moment of the year, and John Mulaney, I hope you enjoyed it too. It was when he was doing these press conferences, he would refer to his daughter's boyfriend who was staying with them simply as the boyfriend for like six months and then recently he was interviewed and someone said how's the boyfriend doing and he said let's just say the boyfriend is no longer with us and then he laughed maniacally (laughs) so if you dated Andrew Cuomo's daughters please confirm you are alive Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Hi, featured players. This is Nick. John Mulaney this week had a really good bit about being a person at a sleepover that needs a parent to pick them up and you have to sit awkwardly across the table from the dad of the sleepover. It was a really funny bit. Um, Good job, John Mulaney, hosting four years in a row. I like that kind of content. And for my wish for this Christmas, you asked, I wish if I could change one thing in history that, like, doesn't really matter significantly for the world, I would go back to the 2008 election season and make it so Tina Fey never went on and SNL didn't get all high in its bitches with Lauren Michael and his Republican friends. All right, I'm going to go back to sleep. Bye. Before the latest episode of the Featured Players podcast, why don't you check out and subscribe to some shows featured in our podcasting family? There's Zillennial Canyon. Kira and Adam explore the canon of films of those on the millennial Gen Z cusp. We're talking about the early to mid-2000s movies you may have read about in Entertainment Weekly during a flight, or voted for at the Nickelodeon Kids' Choice Awards. There's SeltzerCast, where Sean Patrick O'Brien hosts a podcast dedicated to his favorite beverage, Seltzer! Each week, Sean and a guest have a chat over a carbonated beverage, sparky-warky, or refreshing bubbly drink, if you will. You'll want to have a cool drink for this one. There's the Beck to Beck podcast, where Zach and Courtney take a journey through the entirety of Beck's discography, shuffling randomly to review two songs back-to-back each week. You'll love Zach and Courtney. And you'll love their latest venture, Pope to Pope where Courtney ties down Zach and forces him to watch every episode of her favorite show, The Young Pope. Each episode discussed at length. You'll love Dan for Life, 
a short-form interview podcast where friends are interviewed through the lens of the 2007 seminal text, Dan in Real Life. Join Nick and his occasional second chair, Lauren, as they explore the depths of the infamous pancake film. Join Kid Cinema and Mr. Movies as they explore the spooky world of scary films. And finally, we have DadCast, a celebration of films that your dad loves to pass out on the couch to. Each week, emo Canadian and Islander Jillian Oakley vibes with guests about their favorite dad films. Don't believe me? Here's some testimonials from some satisfied listeners. I go to high school, and back-to-back podcasts with Zach and Courtney made me realize that Beck is really the best musician of our time. It also made me strangely horny for Jude Law. Thanks, Back to Beck. One of my biggest hang-ups is being scared all the time. I listened to I Was Scared Too with JZT and Fesh, and I got confirmation other people are scared too. I started listening to Dad Cats because my dad was sleeping on the couch watching Michael Mann movies like Manhunter and Collateral. But then I was referred to Dadcast with Jillian, and now I'm a Joker Jillian Stan. Thanks, Dadcast! It's the Featured Players Podcast. Featuring your hosts, Bram Binderoff and Brendan Noel. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Riggle. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 40 of the Feature Players podcast. A very special election eve recording. We feel it's important that you know that. Um, we are very small and we have no money. So you can imagine the kind of election stress that we are under. (laughs) But it's okay, because we're here to talk John Mulaney hosting Saturday Night Live for the fourth time in three years. Pretty impressive. Let's throw it over to co-host number one. He is the winner of the 1992 Elderly Man Contest, Bram Benderoff. Hey, Brandon. It was actually uh, Michigan's Elderly Man Contest. Michigan's Elderly Man of the Year. That makes sense. That's a real award. Exactly. Um, yeah. Wow. That's... that's. Uh... Bo, buddy, four times John Mulaney went from being a writer to suddenly hosting four times in the shortest amount of time. This is like... Has Steve any? Oh, hi! Right I'm now. here. I'm Beth. Has any? Um, has any SNL writer ever hosted that many times without being a cast member? I gotta think, no, no, because that's pretty not, neat. There are not a lot of prolific. No. Yeah. Um, there was, I was bits there was a blow. <laughs> There was a bit there that was threatening to break out and it, it didn't didn't quite materialize. It's okay. But but yes, Beth Beth Benderoff, co-host number Hi. two. Um tell I'm us- the world's least patient. There is, I don't think, I don't think there's been a single time 
since I've been co co-host co-co-host <laughs> so stupid um I don't think there's been a single time that I haven't announced myself before you have gotten to me I think every time I just yell that I am present just you're, like in school you're a gun jumper I sure am in uh, fairness we take too long I don't think you take too long I think I'm just impatient you help keep us on track Otherwise, we go on five-minute tangents about the fate of NBC's connecting. That's true. What is and... that? Well, well, <laughs> Bran, let, let me tell you. You see, and no, we've got a guest waiting. We've got, and we've got a, we've got a good one today. D- direct from... We'll ask them about connecting. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, please welcome... <laughs> Here to share all her thoughts on NBC's connecting, which I'm legitimately not sure she knows what that is because she she's shaking her head. You can't see it on 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 through the audio. But uh, Skylar Verduzco, welcome to the feature players. Um, we know you're upset about connecting, but please pull through. It's going to be OK. Howdy, folks. Um, I know nothing about connecting um, at all. When you guys announced that it was a. Uh can't no going to peacock i was confused i don't know who these people are uh, f- fun fact it, it's both it's canceled saw, and going to peacock. listen i saw <laughs> I, I saw three minutes i saw three minutes of an episode of connecting um after superstore's recording was done and i was like that looks fun and then I have no plans to watch more. <laughs> but and neither, I wanna... neither does NBC. NBC doesn't yeah, have NBC plans for anyone else to watch it. Plans. I feel true. like they aired one episode. Is that right? Only one aired? Wow. That's yeah, it got, it got like a point two. Oh, is that connecting? Right, no, connecting's been on for a few weeks now. I think um, they aired four. What if the um, like hot feature of this podcast was me taking my dog to pee while we record? Is that something that the audience would like? You do should you do it and not tell us when. And you then can do have, it. They'll have All right, to guess. Great. Yeah, they can. They can figure out when. And whoever luck, comes closest to the time <laughs> wins the jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what flavor of jelly beans? All of them. The All whole, of we the don't, flavors. We we some of them are are the bad ones. We have to just throw them all in. And look, you just need to be grateful that we're giving you anything. Everyone, please tell me your favorite flavor of jelly bean. Plain Is it popcorn. I was gonna say popcorn too, but I wasn't popcorn, sure if I was buttery. ready to admit that to the public. Buttery popcorn is very yeah, good. Yeah, I love the Jelly Belly popcorn one. It's so good. They're extremely good. It, it's it's true. I I do like cinnamon. I like cinnamon a lot, but I also no. uh, I love like um, like uh, oh man, the flavors in my head, and I can't get what the flavor is called. Maybe it's just green apple. Maybe it's just green apple. Green apple is a flavor. It, it must just be a, like a, it shouldn't need to be more complex than that. It's simply a jelly bean. <laughs> but yeah, I man, I love jelly beans. Brendan, what's your favorite flavor? I already told you. Is yours also buttered popcorn? No, you said, said plain. Lo- <laughs> I said plain. 
<laughs> it's not helpful. Um, do no, they have Mike know. and Ikes in um, the States? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. That's I a, hate them, actually. It's a I Halloween love classic, baby. I love, I love Mike and Ikes. I Mike think I would have and to... Dots are like, like the, the Halloween candies that I get that my parents try and steal from me when I was like six. Wow. I think me. um I think if I ate Mike and Ike's or Dots, I would need to heat them up like our good friend Zachary from uh, Beck to Beck heats up his gummies. Casper. Can we take can we take See, this people moment are gonna know because I just had to say Casper's name to talk about you mentioned something about Zach that he only eats limited time foods and I didn't fully understand that he it's like if he gets an opportunity to try a limited time food, he will get the limited time food. You Maybe I'm not understanding the way you said that, but the way you phrase that makes it seem like he only eats like McRibs and like foods that are only Correct. available for limited. That's exactly what That's I mean. Exactly what you mean? Okay. That's exactly what I mean. Our the Wendy's pretzel pub chicken eat. sandwich. Yeah, exactly. He had the pub fries like two nights ago. This is well, just what just, he does. We're just talking about his <laughs> we love his, his um, dietary habits. We yeah, we love, we love your diet. Like, I, we I love also, your tallness. I love to like decide my restaurant based on what we love and understand and your height. I can get so I get it. It's very special. It's a special way to live. As as I mentioned, we are recording this podcast. It's it's election eve, but I should clarify that. On the East Coast, it is after midnight. It is election day. And as as we pod, they are counting the votes in Dixville Notch, New Hampshire, first in the nation to cast votes. Um, and while we are while we are waiting that, um, let's throw it to Bram. Um, Bram, give me this is a city with a population of 12. Um Give me, give me some insight on what we can expect to see in this race, in this competitive district. I think there's probably at least two people that haven't voted before, which is nice to think about. But 12 is, you know, it, it's, a, it's a small enough number that uh, it would be inconsequential to say that Trump would win this county. Uh, New Hampshire, probably, probably a Trump county. I... I think there are legitimately only three votes. This could All be right. a this could be a, a county of children. Why are they first? Why doesn't why isn't anyone else also doing it at midnight? I I don't know. I, I imagine this is a tradition that dates back to the olden days. And by the olden days, I mean, oh God, it's the olden days. As is always bringing it back for this John I gotta go, episode. Gotta go stand and wave at a boat. <laughs> I feel like in National Treasure 3, um, Nick Cage will explain to us why and then pull out a uh, Egyptian tomb from underneath the first voting poll station. <laughs> I don't know. That's just my guess. I think that's... He has all the answers. I, I will admit that I, I thought you were describing something that actually happened in National Treasure 3, and then I realized there's no National Treasure 3, is there? And I'm not yet 100% sure in the talks for years. I'm keeping all my tabs open and ready and searching. I need it. 
Jurassic Park 4 was in talks for years as well, and it happens. So keep hope alive, people. Exactly. National treasure. Live free or die. It's that easy. It's literally that easy. Live free or treasure hard. Obviously, to die hard, use it. But I'm pretty sure that is New Hampshire. It it sure is. It is. is. Yeah, it actually is. By the way, uh, if you check out tonight's, speaking of New Hampshire, uh, if you check out tonight's Closer Look, you'll get a very nice uh, Larry Myers cameo. Oh, wow. So back to connecting. Oh my God. <laughs> back to connecting I'm, cast. The reason I'm why I'm 100% joking. No. So John Mulaney hosted Saturday Night Live. As we mentioned, uh, the, the fourth time in three years, the second time in 2020, um, we didn't really put the effort into Googling this, but does anybody know off the top of their head if anybody has hosted this many times this fast before? I said Steve Martin because I'm pretty sure that's yeah, correct. Yeah, I think that's the that's only one would be Steve Martin. probably right because, and they, yeah, in the 70s, they did reuse hosts a little bit more. Yeah. So he hosted you are, twice in a season. Yes. And yeah, and uh, Candace Bergen did that. That was, that was a thing back in the day. Um, I did enjoy the little, he posted a throwback photo on his, his Instagram today of him and Lauren. I think the caption was like, November 2011, uh, Lauren and I laughing about the idea of me ever hosting. Aw, look at him now. And look at him now. He's just the biggest thing in the world. Um, He's the rootin' tootin'est cowboy. Skylar, did you watch uh, Fox's Mulaney? No, I didn't. Skylar, okay. that makes a lot of sense. No one watched Fox's Mulaney, except for the three of us. I do it's want you to only talk... us. I, I do want you to talk about your history and awareness and growing up around Saturday Night Live. Yes, please. What's your relationship? So, um, as, as all the hosts know, I am a child of, um, old parents, as I like to say. Um, so I feel like when my parents introduced the concept of comedians to me, um, they introduced, like, the people from the first three seasons of SNL and, like, sort of, like, the movies they were in and would show me, like, the original skits. And weirdly, like, my parents really, really liked SCTV a lot too. And so if anything, a little bit more than SNL. Uh, so a lot of my history- That's really like cool. The original people yeah. from SCTV and SNL was sort of like um, their brick and mortar for like, we know what these comedians are like. So we feel comfortable introducing this content to our children uh, because we can, we'll know what, if they're gonna do something a little too much for them. Well, like modern stuff, they certainly weren't. Yeah, up no. To knowledge, with I think at that's all. very relatable for a lot of parents in 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 our generation, for sure. Yeah, so that I would say that's my history. I it was the, the old ones, and then I think around it had to be sixth grade for sure because of Sarah Palin. Um, that's when I got introduced to modern day SNL, um, and then I just sort of have 
been kept up and pretty much anything that happened from uh anything past the first five seasons to like that those episodes were like an absolute blur to me like any like the mike myers 90s snl that's comedy team fascinating was like not a concept not a thought in my brain until like i started dating my partner who like was introduced that stuff as a little kid and was like you're out of your mind for not knowing this i am showing this to you it's so yeah that's my history funny how, like our parents introduce comedians to us and it's almost like i feel like john mulaney is one of the first comedians that like i have introduced to them and it's partly because it's one of the first times where i felt like mature and old enough to be like yeah, this is good and I don't have to, I'm not just like laughing at this because I'm an idiot kid and I think you might actually legitimately enjoy this too. And yeah. it is in some ways because he is just eternally a timeless man. These he two cannot count. They, these two cannot count how many times they've watched like the comeback kid, for instance. Yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I definitely think it's interesting because John is like the truly like the first truly like premier stand-up stand-up comedian to be in the streaming era like where we can just recycle like in the olden days they had to recycle like their their vinyl recordings and people would do that and then they would memorize it that way but the reach of streaming is so much bigger that I feel like even people, I don't, I assume that people do know John Mulaney, like, like people our age, I assume that they do know him, not that they don't know him. And that's like the first, I mean, I just can't think of anybody else who, who has been that way in, in that I can certainly say is like a comedian from our generation. I agree with absolutely everything you just said, Beth. Like, I don't think anybody else grew in that way in a specific, like, streaming Netflix way. Like, I feel like because he was on there, everybody I knew suddenly knew John Mulaney specials. And I think Bram mentioned Comeback Kid. I have a fun fact about Comeback Kid. In the opening to Comeback Kid, um, where he's talking to Petunia, his bulldog, um, Petunia says that John Mulaney will die on my 40th birthday. I just want everyone to know that. So um, I hope that that doesn't happen. I hope it doesn't either, but I thought it was really funny. Yeah, no, we'll all be really sad if like, yeah, that would be so disturbing if Petunia, the French bulldog, correctly predicted John Mulaney's death. And then the day we're like, Skylar, you've made it to 40 years. Like, what What an amazing, like, another decade. And we're also like, no, John. That's terrible. I think everyone's going to, like, spend that day, like, half keeping their eye open on Twitter to make sure John Blaney's okay. It's true. And half wishing me happy birthday. <laughs> I like when he says, um... 
that's not a real year because about about I think 20 2033 or whatever 2029 yeah 2029 that's what it is so because when you just said that we'll look at Twitter my initial reaction was yeah or bleep blorp or whatever we're on and <laughs> like because truly like who even knows it's not a real year oh I'm such a like this is only something that we could share on our podcast of SNL dorks, but on the, on the commentary for the, the SNL best of Jimmy Fallon DVD, they always talk about how in the future, they'd be what you're watching on the, on the bleepatron. That's so funny. I did not remember that at all. Oh, oh my the God. Bleepatron. This, is a, this is a good time to bring up that um, the SNL vintage that they aired before this one. And I wish I, I would have like alerted Skylar to it was uh, Dana Carvey hosting in the year 2000. So before and, master of disguise had even been shot, just so we all it, know. And it was like very political because it was like Bush Gore. And it was he, two oh weeks gosh. before the 2000 election and Dana Carvey hosted. And honestly, like decent episode of SNL <laughs> like pretty good and Jimmy Fallon and Tina Fey were the update uh anchors and it was everything was awesome I I like severely blocked out that Dana Carvey did a George Bush impression like that was like one of his impressions as yeah. a George Bush one like I just blocked that out it's hard to block it Master out of because <laughs> that's the impression in the um in the in his monologue he did an extremely tasteless johnny cochran impression <laughs> it's like this is just what this is just what this is why dana's no longer famous because his comedy is just him sitting in front of the tv and like doing impressions of people and then doing that on stages and eventually people are like Okay, yeah, it's uh, you're doing who like who are the celebrity of the week because you're an amazing impressionist. Like at this point, what does it mean, Dana? What does it all mean? There are some spices into it, Dana. Come on, spice it up. Except the spice that is not allowed to be used is brown face. Yeah, (laughs) you knew I was gonna say it. Yeah, as soon as I said spice, I was like, oh, she knew what I was gonna say. You've that is the respect. one spice he is not allowed to use. You've got to respect having the George W. Bush and Master of Disguise after he already had George H. W. Bush in Opportunity Knocks. I mean, oh he God, literally like memory. He has to. I actually didn't remember that either. He has to. The bathroom scene. He has to like. He has to be Dana Carvey. You know what I mean? What else does he have? Yeah, pretty much. He can go on Fallon and sing Chop and Broccoli again, and then the world mourns because I like end my life after. But if he like he would, I know that that day someday is coming. Like we talk about John Mulaney's death, the day that Dana Carvey goes back on Jimmy Fallon and sings Chop and Broccoli, that's the day I die. I just want Brandon. everybody to know. Yes, Brandon. yes, Bram, go on. Where in the world is Andrew Dismukes? Aww. Where in the world? Where in the world is Andrew Dismukes? He's not on SNL this week. He totally wasn't. Also, that little jingle is 
not appropriate anymore. Apologies he's, for that. He's the only one who who wasn't present the, out of the featured players who wasn't present this week. Yes. Yes, because so, yeah. uh, Lauren Holt had herself uh, a decent little role in the Broadway sketch. She did some singing. Yep, and of course, Punky Johnson in certainly my favorite thing of the night, Stroll into the Poles. Yeah, easily the best sketch of the night, of course. Skylar. I you watch that one. It was my favorite one, too. It it just... I mean, should, we, should we dive into that? Yes, please. Do it. I... I think it was so beautifully edited. Yeah, it was. Into the, getting the 70s vibes and like the song was great. It hit, did that beautiful SNL thing where it, like it gets a little depressing and scary at a point. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oh God, this is the reality we live in. We have to deal with this. And it's also kind of funny. <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. I any like any song Chris Rod does on SNL is good, and like he he, I I have to imagine that he had a writing credit on this. I also imagine that that Keenan wrote it too, um, but it yeah, it's it was truly like I don't know it, the best sketch maybe even like in these the episodes that have aired so far. I agree completely. And I think yeah, I saw a lot of people saying in the YouTube comments that it was most likely Chris, like, who did the, the writing for this. Yeah, one. it just has, it has, it has Chris all over it, for sure. Boys? Uh, yeah, I just, I just was to clarify that, yeah, uh, Chris Red wrote that with uh, Brian Tucker, so. I was just thinking about Popstar. Yeah, always, always thinking about Popstar. The songs that Chris wrote for Popstar with Andy Samberg are are so good. It's like wrong. It's like wrong how good his songs from Popstar are because they sound like they should be like they are real songs. And he is so good. Such a good hire. Yeah, like unbelievably so. Remember that year when they didn't hire him? And then the next year they did hire him and we were all like, oh, I'm sorry. Did he get funnier since last year? Idiots. Did he fail an audition? Definitely didn't fail. They probably just, who did they hire instead? I'll fight them. Um, In 2016. um, Or yeah, in 2016, that would have been the year that they added um, Melissa Villasenor. Oh, okay. Well, she was also a good addition. All right. Although, oh, and Mikey and Alex. Oh, so two white dudes. Great, great, um, great additions. Love Mikey and Alex, but yeah, it is crazy that Chris read that they. I mean, you know, I I also kind of in many ways like maybe it's hokey, but I kind of do believe that the timing worked out because I said it before, and I'm gonna say it again. Um, his his relationship with Keenan on the show is important and beautiful and like i think it happened at the perfect time bram any more opinions I, on strolling? if we want to transition no oh I yeah with, hit us with, with keenan it, with keenan um the cinema classics uh sketch up skylar's alley <laughs> it oh. was the lowest one out of all of the sketches in terms of views on youtube um but it was one of my favorites and it's because 
they basically just made fun of the birds the whole time. Yeah, That's well, it movie. also was a um, like the the all the performances in the sketch were really good. Like, it's fun to see. It's always fun to see John Mulaney act like he's in the old times. It's kind of like what he does best. If you put him in a period piece, he's gonna shine. That man was made to have a transatlantic accent. I don't, I don't know true. how it's possible. It's true. <laughs> he was. My favorite part of that sketch was when she's like, oh my god, they're cutting through the glass. And then like it, the, the bird cuts through hand. the glass and has like a <laughs> tiny bird hand with a knife. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> trying to stab her. Like, we love know, puppetry. We love, love puppetry. puppetry. Yeah. <laughs> the puppetry was so funny in there. Like it was... I, I liked it. It's been a little while since we've gotten a, a Reese de Huet appearance, has it not? It has been a bit, and it's like it's, last year. It's it's always thrilling to like the intro is always exciting, and I like them way more often than I don't. Like it's one of the most consistent things that SNL has done in the last. Well, however long Keenan's been doing it, I honestly can't even think. It's been a long time. It's been a long, long time. Um, yeah, even if it's even if it's not a movie I know or I don't think the sketch is that funny, I know at least I'm going to get a good Reese de what? And those yeah. make me happy. Always, 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 always. Oh, um, you know, we could talk about the fact that uh, this was the least worst political cold open in a really long time. I was gonna say that too. I and I think it's and maybe this is just a slightly mean theory. It's because they had to do purely original ideas. Yeah, no, they, they couldn't use yeah I agree with debates that totally. as a crutch to like like oh this happened in the debate so now we have to use this. It's like no the elections in a week so like we have to. Rem- or like not a week a couple days um so we have to remind people to vote but like that's it like that's our bar yeah like that's that's exactly it is that you can set your watch to what they're going to do because they're just going to do a sketch of like here's the debate why write jokes when we can transcribe things from the news and so yeah it was it was definitely nice that they had to use a you know, I'm not going to say it was like, oh, a totally outside the box idea. But yeah, they couldn't just do, oh, here's a rebroadcast of the debate. Yeah, with like just like the laughs. It's like, here's how we're going to provide you catharsis. We're going to insert the laughs during the debate words that you think should have been there. And it's like, we already laughed at it. Like, we don't, I don't, I don't want to laugh at it again. Did you guys notice it was weird? I, I think I, I caught a slight blooper in the in the cold open here. Um, there were some people from the cast who like wandered out on stage to be a part of this. Did you guys notice that? No. Yeah, it was weird. No. Like, so Kate McKinnon, who was like in the cast, showed up to play Hillary. Oh, Clinton. oh my god, you're being facetious. Oh my god. 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 And there okay, was a weird was... part where where Mikey Day walked out to play at character you're and I was like, hey, he's, oh he's in the cast. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 Can That's I tell like you guys the best thing you could say about it? Can I tell you guys what I wish the cold open had been um the week before the election? Yeah. Before it. 
So instead of doing Edgar Allan Poe, I wish Kate McKinnon had come out as Hillary Clinton. And I wish she would have, um, I wish she would have sang The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. And I wish they would have had an interpretive dance behind her um, as Biden and Trump dancing, like doing interpretive dance to, again, The Winner Takes It All by ABBA. And then they're like dancing and dancing behind her. And then she's singing. And then in the big instrumental break in the song, Kate like removes part of her pantsuit and then she is also dancing and then um that's what I wish that the cold open would have been because I think that the lyrics to um ABBA's the winner takes it all are very um applicable to this to this uh to this situation especially if you imagine once again Hillary Clinton singing it instead of ABBA. I think um, I think everyone will find that that is what the cold open should have been. If you just give it a little bit of thought. Do we have, uh, have you all heard of ABBA? Yes, you've heard of this band. <laughs> so yes, Beth, we're gonna we're gonna give you a tryout <laughs> in the room just for a few weeks. See how it goes. If I if I if I suggested that sketch, like they would hate me because it was too good, and they would be like, "Why didn't we think of this?" And then Kate McKinnon would like storm out. That's what would happen because it's too good. It's too. It makes too much sense. Kind of related, but I, I kind of thought I wonder like, or at least. I don't know if I really thought they were going to do this, but I was thinking that if I, if I were to write something, I might touch on the whole, if you remember the last show before the last election, it ended with the message of, you know, Trump and Clinton were there and she was saying, we can't tell you who to vote for, but on Tuesday, we all get to decide what kind of country we want to live in. And part of me wondered if they should have had Clinton come back out and be like, I know I said this last time, fuck that. You need to vote for Joe Biden and Democrats on Tuesday. That right. is kind of that is the only kind of country we can be living in, and they went they went a different route. I, I'm the show will never be that. I always no. am glad for people being like vote vote vote. Like I think repetition can be effective, but I really wish they were more like we're in a dystopian hell. Please, for yeah. the love of God, vote for good people. Yeah. Yeah. No, it is. It's, it's interesting how they, and this was actually something that I don't think I could have processed had, um, had they not picked the episode they picked for the SNL vintage, because seeing how they were handling the 2000 election, like, it was clear that they wanted to say, um, vote for democrats but they still didn't and not only did they not they it's it's so upsetting to see the same politeness and like kid gloves and like the most cutting joke that they had about bush was tina during weekend update where they mentioned him being owned by oil companies and like they alluded to it in other in other sketches but it it 
it still was just like yeah i don't know it was just frustrating to see that that in after 20 years and we're in even worse of a position than we were then and that's saying something because the position was bad then um they still are being polite about it and like yeah that obviously drives me crazy <laughs> they were critical they were critical of bush but they still managed to make him seem cool and likable and, well, and that was that was the main him issue him cool in the monologue like i yeah. mean this was like it, it, the, the like they were they were handling somebody who i mean you know it's what can you do like but 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 it, it was just bizarre to see the same thing then as as now i will say it, we can i think merge this into john mulaney's opening monologue yeah that's because true. i i was very surprised to see john mulaney sort of like shove out his some personal opinions that he had yeah um where he was just like we're, we're voting for two old men you know uh, not much is going to change and to a point he's a little right <laughs> um, yeah. but definitely there is one worse old man um, but I was very shocked to hear that come out of his mouth not I just I, I didn't think they would have allowed him to say that well yeah I mean I I, I you'd think if 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 I were John Mulaney I think I would have thought that the joke like served itself but being in the audience hearing it like if he if he say if there wasn't a pandemic and and he had done what he usually gets to do which is he takes his, his SNL monologue and then he does it at a club the night before and that's extremely helpful for doing stand-up comedy and obviously he couldn't do that this time and that's fine but I think he would have added something about how one old man was worse than the other if he had taken uh you know if he had had that opportunity to do his set and to listen to it back I yeah I absolutely think that there would have been a line added about how one old man is clearly worse but um I, I do agree like I, I I know that a lot of people were were like bothered by it I I feel like I I definitely understand why but I also it's very complex because it is both a correct statement but also yeah I'm almost like at least it started conversations about the fact that like because the the issue is is that I, it's not that I want it's not that I want people to think that voting doesn't matter, but when they had, you know, they said over the course of the episode, they said to vote so many times, but um, I also, like, I think that both messages actually are important. The fact that um, we do have to vote, but also that unfortunately not much is going to change and like and again I think that I think that from my perspective that joke was more about how nothing changes on a personal level but um but it doesn't change how the audience clearly heard it because on Twitter obviously Twitter was Twitter about it I was one of the people who was Twitter about it 
and yeah but you didn't like tweet mean things about it no I just and I didn't like hate it and I, I I overall very much enjoyed the monologue I just thought it was a weird sentiment in from from the guy who gave us there's a horse loose in the hospital like something that kind of yeah incisive and I just also thought it was weird because again at the later on in the um in the Broadway sketch there was another kind of line about how like it doesn't matter like voting doesn't actually matter like I don't know I just thought it was I don't remember the exact line I think I so he was giving me Seinfeld vibes like I do want to vibes. that's very funny and that would be the most hurtful thing I think you could ever say to John Mulaney I love Um, I love that the Seinfeld style but I don't want John Mulaney to be yeah no same no listen I I when it comes to the end of the the NYC sketch, so you actually mentioned that before I watched it. So then when I watched it, I tried to pay attention to the last line. Um, and I'll just tell you, like, I, like, New Yorkers traditionally have an extremely low, lazy turnout when it comes to voting. And I think that the idea was that the New Yorkers are standing around and, like, complaining about New York, but they also don't vote at the same time but again like it's kind of listen it's that problem of like satire is dead and like you you like you can't say something satirical anymore almost without a disclaimer like and and that's obviously not something that snl is used to you know like we're in a time like a, a a bit of it from that opening monologue at least anyways and yeah yeah, I think I I get that a little bit from the um the musical number was almost like tiredness or like uh weariness and like uh this this doesn't matter anyways kind of thing where very exhausted over the four years and I don't think yeah he meant it in any um harmful way and but, I mean, yeah. aren't we all? We're, yeah. all very t- we're all very tired here. Are we I talking mean, about the... Um, um, speaking of tired, um, so I feel like... Um, so I actually didn't mind this musical um, number, but it feels like ever since the first one, every time he hosts somebody yeah. in the writing room is like now we have to do another musical number. yeah which like yeah. It, it makes you think like do it because you have a reason to do it not because it has to be done like the airport one was like full of misses for me like it, because, I literally forgot that that happened because I never been to that airport yeah <laughs> so it's not really a defined New York experience except for New Yorkers who go to that airport so I know my New Yorker friends who went to that airport had sure. lots of laughs but anyone else who hadn't didn't really laugh this one I thought was a little they did better at making it more universal because everybody has been to Times Square who has been to New York yeah and has seen these horrifying costume people you just have to face it the John Mulaney hosted episodes are very local centric new york episodes and sometimes you get those yeah he yeah i mean this is a thing child it's of not, broadway it's not like they haven't they do these not just with this too like they do they'll do sketches like you know um like uh who works here where it was like the cbs game show where they try to find yeah. an employee i feel like that and this is a thing seth myers makes a lot of jokes on his show about that too 
of like can't find anybody who works at CVS, and I just feel like that's a very New York or big city thing that that maybe doesn't really apply to those of us who live in the suburbs. Well, and that's the thing about that's why the lobster one, beyond the fact that when the concept was done for the first time it was like how hasn't this been done before like it it really is one of those sketches where you felt like you were watching an instant classic um and then yeah I definitely I literally forgot that the airport one happened but I agree that this one was this one was was full of more hits for sure the um the Diddler on the one, roof was good. I, the lobster one I thought was like hilarious because it was very obvious that John Mulaney wrote this in 2012 when Les yeah, exactly. came out and like exactly wanted it to be done and he held on to it and when he hosted he was like now you have to do this and and we love him for this it. Wasn't and I loved even the him first time it. they did Les Mis. Oh yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's true. That was yeah it. I don't know. I thought the second, the bodega one, I thought had the funniest laughs for me out of all of the four. Like, I I think that's the funniest one. If, because I think the first one relies off, because it was made for Le Miserable, it is a little heavy on Le Miserable, but the other one's a little bit more variety with musicals. The third one is the lowest point, and then the fourth is a little better. It's such an interesting concept how. Um, like when John Mulaney is hosted four times in such a short period of time, he's like he's like one of the cast now. He like he has his own recurring characters, like you know John Goodman and Christopher Walken and all those people that I don't know if John Goodman is an example. But well, Christopher I was just going to say definitely is Timberlake uh, would be in Timberlake, there. yeah. Every like, like there was a period there where it's like, oh well, he's obviously gonna do bring it on down to whatever he's gonna do. Yeah, the talk show and yeah, they're trying oh, to. I, love all of them. I do too, but like they they're just trying to. I love the original ones, and then they try to recapture that. And at a certain point, you can't regurgitate my nostalgia back to me and expect me to think it's delicious again. Bring it on down. I agree completely. <laughs> um. And I guess we can definitely relate that to the another uncle meme, which yes, I, yeah, they definitely. did not need to do. They I, didn't it, need it to do it until like halfway through this sketch was happening that I realized like, oh right, from the last time. And yeah, I, think, I was sort of like they just like they were like whatever. They threw this on at five to one and said, "Why is that a prerequisite? Because they only have a week to prepare because they have to do six shows in a row." Like, True. why do they have maybe, to put in maybe. these placeholders? Could be. Maybe they got lazy. I don't know. John Mulaney clearly, like, takes control of the writers when he hosts, and it's amazing, and I love that. Okay. I, I love that everything has his voice. I think I it's wish... less that he takes control, and it's more that they all really, 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 really want to impress John Mulaney. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but, but... You, know he, you know he has a hand in writing everything. Well, yeah, for sure. But when when we talked about the fact that that like John does very New York heavy episodes, we didn't even bring up the fact that they did that like New York tribute. They did the yeah the thing where Kate was dancing around as an old woman in the background. I mean, I appreciate we, references yeah, I, to like a, any weird like a red New control situation. 
any was, weird New Yorkers are okay. It was, you know, I was like, oh, there's Kate doing her thing, but it wasn't my favorite simply because I'm like, I, I'm not a New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. I, the only thing that was truly great was, um, was hearing, uh, healthcare workers cheer for healthcare workers when when they met when they shouted out healthcare workers the scream from the audience was it was like oh yeah they really are healthcare workers they're not just making it up so they can have an audience (laughs) what did you think of that one brendan um yeah i thought it was okay um this was one that was like I, i i'd have to go back and pay attention to the details again like i think it, that's that's a that's a, a writer's type of sketch where you listen to the lines like she's not not a professor at Columbia University like it's all in the details that you have to yeah really laser in on um it was fine I definitely agree that it was a bit specific it's not the kind of thing that I um I'm gonna take away as as memorable this is a composite of lots of different quirks of much more memorable Kate McKinnon characters things like Mrs. Rafferty that or um, the Beck Goldry, maybe. Those are two kind of quirky elderly characters that are obviously gonna be much more memorable than whatever this lady was. By the way, I looked it up. Reese DeWatt, that was the 10th appearance and the first one was in 2013. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. And you said that they did it last season? Oh, they definitely did. He's a he's a pretty common occurrence. Thankfully. I enjoy. I know uh, Brennan said this, but I, I enjoy whenever I see him on there. It's a good yeah. character. Probably yeah, felt it is. like they rested him for a little bit, but I could just be totally too. November twenty nineteen. Well, there you go. What Will Ferrell episode? Wrong. Um. So my my other favorite sketch of the night was the sleepy hollow sketch because i number one i'm always a fan of like a needlessly dirty snl sketch but i also am a fan of john mulaney again pretending to be in different time periods and the way that he acts when he does it i loved shaky 1700s 1600s whatever john mulaney holding exactly and being like oh i'm scared exactly beautiful he was made for that he really was and also the like the performance uh from beck as headless horseman who i i shouted out also as um diddler on the roof this is a like beck had some sillies this episode uh but yeah he was very funny as the headless horseman i agree it was a very good like there weren't i think there was the only one besides the opening that was Halloween themed unless I'm oh interesting I didn't even think think about it it was the only other one and I appreciate it I appreciate an old-timey Halloween throwing yeah totally it's good it's a I'll remember that one anyone have a take on the strokes okay so my take on the strokes was I heard them um play uh bad decisions and then I went oh that's kind of weird that they would play that song wasn't that like a year or two ago that they came out with that and then I looked it up and it was February (laughs) yeah oh god are you serious (laughs) yeah yeah that was the album they're performing right now 
yeah. Uh, well, no, it's, oh, the album is. Oh gosh, give me a second. The new abnormal is what it's called, but yeah, it's bad decisions was either their first or second single. Uh, from that album. I. I don't- yeah, I have like nothing to offer on the strokes because I'm like a Almost cultureless. Nothing. I'm a cultureless hack. And Brendan, well, I, I don't know if it's so much that as just like the strokes are probably ten years before our time. Maybe they're just kind of. I I don't know. I have nothing to add here other than you should go back and watch the Boombox digital short. That's what I was gonna say. Um, I. That was, that's the only thing I know. I have to say um, that Kyle Mooney as Baby Yoda is yes. the weirdest character yes. SNL has had in a really long time. And so it's not surprising that it's Kyle doing it. But like when he started, <laughs> when he started introducing his weed brand, <laughs> it's, it, it's very bizarre and very funny and the makeup makes me so happy and the also prosthetics is so good is ba- yeah is baby yoda almost as like a youtube influencer in some ways every single kyle mooney character is a little bit bruce channeling and i was getting this vibe that's here true too that he was just in the way that i don't remember what it was he said earlier in the sketch but party was like that feels like a bruce channeling like catchphrase that he would try to like when no, he definitely out, when he when he comes out and he just says like women do not know sports like one of those <laughs> things that he really just tries like drives home over and over i don't think he ended up repeating whatever it was but it was just they're they're all the same kind of guy and it's wonderful i'm really glad we brought this up because when i was i was watching it i was like oh this isn't really a a Kyle Mooney isn't really doing a lot and I had that thought and they went and here's baby Yoda and I went oh my god that's why he had to get into makeup Bram said is this the ears or prosthetics and I was like prosthetics the piercing on that one ear I just like unbelievable disgusting I couldn't focus on anything else besides that the entire sketch I was just like looking at the ear piercing did he not appear before that in the night he he did like minor talking roles like he was in the PSA for sure um and I think he was in the background of another one but he didn't have any where he like heavy heavy lead that makes sense that makes sense because like that's the most I mean that's the most like intensive that uh, prosthetics can get on SNL so like that does take like half a show to apply basically so putting him in you know only having him in the pre-tape makes a lot of sense oh um hey uh did jim carrey shave his head because at the end of the episode it really looked like he was bald do we know yeah i don't know but i have maybe i feel like i feel like in the good nights lately he's been wearing hats and i haven't been able to tell I'm Googling Jim Carrey bald. I'm also trying to see if Jim Carrey <laughs> shaved his you're, hair. You're going to get the um, 
it was like 2004, Brendan? 2003, maybe? Why would you ask him that way? But yes, it, that is exactly what it gave me. I don't... Oh, did was there a time when he actually shaved his head? He was bald. Remember the time when Conan did the week of shows in Toronto? That was when he was bald. Oh, vaguely. Was that for a part? I like how you reference that as if Brendan would immediately be like, oh, yes, uh, he was bald when he was on... <laughs> Conan's live Toronto shows. I knew he would know. Well, this is we do we do have a way of we do have a language that we use. I just had a had a thought for why his hair looks like that. The number twenty three, possibly. Sonic two. Oh, okay. There's actually no. That may be a good point, actually. Maybe no, it could be. They could be shooting green screen stuff now. Why couldn't they? Yeah, why not? plenty of movie sets that are fully functional as uh before recording i was talking about uh was it don't worry baby or something like that the olivia wilde movie yeah i want everything to be shot in the mandalorian room i i know i know that there obviously are is a large industry of jobs all across the spectrum but you know, I wish people could just get trained to work on the Mandalorian room because I like that they don't have to use actual places. And maybe that's me embracing the fakeness and inauthenticity of uh, television. But if you've seen the Mandalorian, you'll know what I mean. You know what? I think if... um. I think if it looks that good, then screw authentic. Like, I don't know. Like, I think, I think at a certain point, I think about how they can film, um, not to like use the term carbon footprint designed by oil companies, but like, let's be real, it is better for them to film that way in one location than to fly cast and crew and everything over to somewhere else so like i don't know it's cool it's great I can actually spin this and relate this to um one of the snl sketches i think the only one we haven't covered yet which was the democracy psa um which was i thought very strange because it was the one sketch where they had no audience interaction because it was I mean, it was a digital short, but like usually with digital shorts, they play it and they have audience interaction, but this one they didn't. But part of my thing about that uh, PSA was um, there was a lot of like CG in it. And it was like very, very obvious CG. I genuinely don't don't even know if I saw what you're talking about. I, I think I think this is actually from last week's show. Is it oh, really? did they just play it again? I don't. I don't think they did. Were you watching this on YouTube? Because I think it was from. I think that bit was from last week's show. Was it the thing where they were all saying how like they, but it would still be better for comedy if Trump won? Was it? No, there? no, no. This one was from this. This one was from the most recent one because they used hashtag SNL hashtag John Mulaney hashtag The Strokes. Oh, weird. Um, Hold on. It was yeah. It basically the whole sketch was like um like oh yeah 2020 we got this 
And then it would be like, oh, somebody's stealing a bunch of plan B or somebody trying to cross the border into Canada or somebody's stockpiling. Was this that- cut for time? I totally didn't see it. Because I don't remember. It was what- cut for time. Oh, okay. No wonder. Because That's I'm like, I why. Oh my gosh. Hold on. Let's I, pull I made it up. sure. Because I went oh through everything oh and then I made sure to. Bram, you want to pull it up? Yes, I will. Brendan, this reminds me so much of that Amber Ruffin thing that they showed from 2016 this week. That was tough to watch. That oh, wait, was I have a question. So the in-cut for time sketches, if it's digital, do they just not show them? And is that why there was no laugh track? They don't show them on the broadcast. I mean, they, oh, they show them they at should. dress rehearsal. Yeah. So it is actually weird that they didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for context, um, uh, Amber Ruffin's show on Peacock showed a uh, video from 2016 that right before the election uh, showing how everyone would feel. No, it was made if- the morning of the election and it was it was made to air the night after the election uh in in a world where hillary won and uh it was the saddest thing i have ever seen it was so upsetting skylar do you actually want to uh pull that up and share your screen because it's actually uh it's it's geofiltered in canada so we can't see it Oh my oh, god, good. is it really? Um, okay. Just yeah. Jeff, uh, screen, let her do it. Uh, I think you'll know how. It's very interesting because this was definitely the shortest one of the night too, which is probably why it was cut for time because it only goes up to 158. There was okay, a little, you should toward, be able to share. toward the end of the show, there was a little five second shot of just somebody in the band jamming out on the bass, which is usually a good indication that they have not quite got the timing right on the show and something had to go last minute this might have been it this election is about more than the next four years our country's future is on the line and despite how challenging the last year has been i'm hopeful and confident we've showed up we've done the work it's one election how much could things really change Now it's time to put our faith in democracy. Yeah, that should hold. Emotions are running high, but there's nothing Americans can't get through together. Anything else I can get you? These are easy to use, right? Yeah. I trust the process. Guess my phone died. Whenever I feel hopeless, I remind myself of what's really important. Hey, baby. Yeah. (laughs) I voted, and I just have to let go of things I can't control. And if things don't go our way, we survived four years. We can survive four more. Nice try, man. Damn it! Because I believe the people of this country are fundamentally good. So there's nothing to worry about. <laughs> We're all Americans. And we will come together. Or we won't. We won't. We won't. We definitely won't. But isn't that the most American thing of all? Ah! 
I enjoyed that. They should have aired that. Yeah, that was really good. So I actually disagree. <laughs> I hated <laughs> <I> mean, that. <laughs> I um I I don't know. That felt that felt like um Maybe I just like that Andrew Dismukes appeared and it was it brought up his scorecard. Did he really? He was he the really guy did. selling Kyle Mooney the crossbow. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Andrew Dismukes. Oh my god. I'm so sorry. Um yeah, no, I don't know. That that didn't I don't know. I I that felt the ending of that felt even grosser than like the the like it to me it's one thing saying that like nothing is going to change inferring on the politicians end but to say that like to say like we we are we're gonna come together and then being like no we're not like that actually is what bothers me it's i don't i don't mind people being jaded about politicians but i do mind people being jaded about people that's fair i just i really related to bo and yang picking up his phone and seeing a story on the new york <laughs> like times tiny little say, bags. election yeah. like polls tighten in battleground states and then his phone just explodes so like pillow exploding <laughs> And like, like yeah the, the pillow exploding was in it was a very impressive gag yeah bram check out that authenticity on those government of canada signs that's oh my god yes even i, I know that it looked it looked exactly like the sign yeah that was legit somebody in the research department deserves some props, props baby props i've seen i've seen people do bad jobs or assuming what the, what, the, what the canada sign looked like but those were like those look like government accurate. signs. I was really, uh, I'm, 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 applied, I'm applauding right now. <laughs> it's probably because they're uh, New Yorkers that Canada borders real close to them. That's true. They've Not they've New seen York Canada City. borders. Yeah, but everybody. Like, I'm sure there's some people who like, you know, live in Upper New York and stuff like that. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Well, also we're we're close to West Western New York, right, Brendan? Western yes, New York. That's correct. Cheektawaga and North Tonawanda counties. North Tonawanda. The the actual Cheektawaga, like, home of the largest Sonic restaurant. The shape of where So we're going there. Toronto. Like yes. Yeah, it's the largest one <laughs> yes. in the in the country and it's the closest one to us. We're going. We get there. <laughs> I think about how if I wanted Sonic bad enough, I would have to quarantine for two weeks after and i want to cry but it's only a little over an hour that's not the point (laughs) it goes on for much longer than an hour basil basil just great deals western new york Oh, that was going to be the other one I was going to do. Well, yeah. Just making references that no one else gets to get. Salino and Barnes. Okay, that no. We we know Barnes. We know Barnes in California. Barnes is dead. Yeah. I I shocked my dad by telling him that. Really sad. He died in a plane crash. What can you rip, Barnes? Maybe. Yeah, I guess in terms of the episode, I think the only, we touched a bit with the weekend update with the baby Yoda, but I guess there's not really much you can say about 
the weekend updates because it's it's just like same old same old same old same old you can tell a lot of effort gets put into them so i feel like the weekend updates are always the most viewed of every episode like no matter what is that true well, I mean, typically on YouTube, um, we, we are in the minority. The yeah, really? we are in you by not liking Jost and Shay. The reality is, is that they're very good for ratings and that lots of people really love them. Oh, yeah. You should see the comments of the people who are like, can't wait till they have their own show. Yeah, right. they exist. That, uh, you guys don't like them because simply like from watching it on youtube people really 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 like them like they are probably your average american joe's favorite part of this current group of uh snl do you think it's, just, it's the same people... reason why trevor noah isn't my thing completely yeah it's true it's so mm-hmm. true it i think there's just a generational having... difference yeah like have they not seen good weekend update well, that's the thing. Maybe they haven't, Brendan. Like, seriously, think about it. Maybe they haven't. Like, I want you to actually think about how long Seth has been gone. Do that f- to yourself for a second. And it kind of makes sense because, well, you know. The last time that there was a non Jost and Che weekend update pairing, um, Democrats controlled the Senate. <laughs> Is this a conspiracy theory starting? <laughs> Yes, QAnon, but for SNL. Beth and I were watching that weekend update Just from, two, from 2000 with, with Jimmy LNS. and Tina. And I think, I think Beth picked up on was uh, they had more cameras and more angles and they were turning to the cameras. Oh and... yeah, they totally did. They like used two to three cameras. Well, this one, it's one. It's yeah, the one right yeah. In front of there's, <laughs> there's, and so there's like, there's there's single shots and then there's the wide and then that's it and to have it processed that that's the thing that for me is missing from weekend update is so crazy because it's so small that it took me um apparently like six years to notice or i guess five years five years to notice that's crazy I can't believe we didn't notice it either. Or, or I don't think we ever discussed it on this show. No, I mean, I know I didn't. We, I, if I had we, noticed it, I would never shut up about it. We mostly because, talked about character points about, like, Michael sure, and Colin. Sure, 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 sure. But it, I don't know. It is, like, that feels central to the style of Weekend Update. And for it to not happen is strange. I think this one, I think a lot of, at least the more recent ones are a bit hard to watch because instead of it's like, oh, we're going to make funny news stuff. It's like, here's a news thing that happened and we're going to get really serious and kind of depressing about it. And that's just the news. It's true. It's true. I do appreciate some of the humor. Um, but in the more recent uh, ones, including this one, it's just like, I'm really tired. I'm really tired. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel... And the interesting thing is that 
we have no idea right now whether we're just going to continue to get more tired or if if maybe we can I mean I literally like I, I actually I don't know what it will be like for them to to not be able to rely on the things they've been relying on like I actually don't oh I do want to comment um because Apparently everyone was commenting on this um, that I didn't notice because I don't really pay attention to details um, for SNL like this. Um, apparently, um, Colin's wearing his wedding ring for Scarlett Johansson. Oh, and yeah. Now yeah. on the show. They got married. They got married. I totally you know, forgot that they like Mazel Tov. <laughs> kind I of. Don't, I don't care about, I, like, I don't think they should do biden as a impression like every week or even like every other week like i don't think that's going to be interesting with a normal president i mean they didn't with barack like they didn't yeah but I'm, also I'm really hoping it stops like after i need mean, jim carrey to go home yeah jim and go back go, go paint home. some paintings and Stay I also, away. I don't want his, I just don't want his energy. Like, I don't, I, I know that, I know that he's Jim Carrey and I know that it's in, oh, for some weird reason, it's Jim Carrey plus Joe Biden, the two most different people in the world, by the way. And like, I, I don't know. I, I hope it ends soon. Oh, I was God. literally last night. I was like, I feel like we're going to discuss Jim Carrey's Joe Biden and I'm like I'm lying in bed it's like 12 o'clock or whatever and I'm like okay I need to think of my grievances (laughs) and I think my most grievances grief I I don't know uh, about it is that like the only thing that resembles Joe Biden is that Jim Carrey's also older and he can kind of do the voice like if you close your eyes he he does does the voice and then so does Maya it's, though it's a very strange choice for me because I feel like Jim Carrey is a physical actor and a physical comedian and Joe Biden is the least physical person I could think of because he's an old man exactly that's exactly what it is I was watching the show on Saturday night and texting with a friend who was watching for the first time this season and she sort of said like, oh, I, I, how's, how's Biden been? And I told, I sort of told her like, oh yeah, it's uh, even for like the, you know, like the SNL Facebook page, like people seem to be consensus that it's, it's not very good. And I told her after the sketch that I said, so to just to give you an idea of what it's been like, that was probably one of the better ones. And it still wasn't great, but it at least felt like, oh, it looked like he maybe was trying to do an impression of him which you couldn't say for a lot of the other weeks. Yeah. The fan fell on Casper and he ran away. Oh, no. Oh, Casper. Poor Bob. Baby like the boy. Fan sitting, the fan was sitting on the bed and he was on the bed and he's and his body moved and the fan fell Oops. and he like got so scared. He ran, he, he ran towards you. He's at the opposite side of the room because he thinks the fan came to life. Yeah, to Casper, anytime anything moves, it means it has officially like become a real boy. The I fan didn't the f- move. That was Jim Carrey cursing us. Poltergeist. <laughs> <laughs> the physical Jim Carrey thing is such a good point because like that was the first 
thing he brought to the to the impression like it was like yeah he came out it? finger guns a blazing exactly like, guns. The, why does he do that the sunglasses why does he do that every time and, and skylar like you you ha- could have had this is our fifth ep- show in a row talking about this impression i assume so like it's we're tired like it's it's definitely played out we want we want to enter a new era already uh i don't think i don't know if we decided to revive this uh before knowing that those castings i I assume we did i mean hypothetically were biden to be elected president tomorrow is the path forward that carrie hands that over to somebody in the regular cast do they even know how to do that anymore I would hope that, and my hope for SNL in their future is that they're going to give the newer people more uh, chances to try things out and to stop relying on their like home run hitters. Uh, And I would hope they would do that with a a Joe Biden. Um, I would hope that they don't keep this up being a weekly thing and like a oh, there's a crazy thing happened in politics. Let's do a Joe Biden thing about it. And then two months pass and then, okay, now we'll do another one and not every single Saturday. Well, there are also, if you're forced, like if you're going to force the political thing, like do something about um, any other part of politics. Cause like there are many part of politics and the president, it turns out, isn't the only politician. And there's a lot of people to make fun what? of. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many people to make fun of. Why couldn't they? Yeah, Brendan, it turns out he's not the only politician. I feel like that's why I enjoyed their primaries stuff, because there are so many people up for primaries. And that allows so many people the chance to play so many different people. And it's really fun to see everyone's different impression of a person. Well, now it's just joe biden yeah definitely definitely it i do i don't think that this will be the permanent solution like i don't i think they will figure out something else it just must be such a if he wins we've we've been talking about this enormous cast and how impossible it is to stand out of 20 people and I just have to think, like, what a bummer it must be, whether you're Andrew Dismukes, who is new on the show and trying to trying to be able to actually, like, text your friends and be like, hey, I was on the show tonight. Or even if you're, like, Mikey Day, who settled into the rhythms but, like, actually wants to fucking work. Like, how just must, like, must be just so disheartening to walk in the room and be like, hey, Lauren, I've got a great uh, Michael Cohen. Well, you know, we, we just, we called Ben. Like, yeah, that... That sucks. I don't. I don't care how. I just don't. That's just never what the show's been, and it is what it has become, and that sucks. I would really like, like I said, the home run hitters to really start taking a step back or leave to like let new home run people emerge, because that's my favorite part about SNL is like, oh yeah, these people are great, and then once they go new people can become great and that's the whole exciting thing about it for example like i have seen like 
I've seen Kate do what Kate does so many times that when she was that old lady in the sketch, it didn't do all that much for me because I've seen Kate do it. But then when Chloe Feynman in like for 20 seconds played a very similar character in the musical sketch, I said out loud to Bram, she's a star. And it's because exactly. it's something that it's, it's it, a show like SNL needs a, a healthy dose of um, old favorites and also like the opportunity for, for new favorites to arise. And yeah, it, it, it just doesn't, the like, whole reason that really we started the podcast is because I think it's so fascinating that we start from, oh, weird, they added a new cast member a few episodes into the season. Kristen Wiig, I wonder how she'll be. Yeah, exactly. Cut, cut to seven years later, she's a rainbow. How do you get from A to B? Yeah. And it's becoming harder to discuss those trajectories because it feels like they're not happening so much it really does exactly. feel like mckinnon was the last person who really came in and quickly blew the doors off the place certainly chloe Feynman is doing very well for herself like heidi gardner did very very well for herself we definitely talked but even back about even... the first appearance of angel on weekend update and so that's fun but, but you think not about you think about like even like Mikey and Alex, like people who come in and are really, really, really good on the show. And it still doesn't feel like they have the space to actually like create things for themselves because there are currently so many old cast members who are well-established enough that it's less of a question. And that's really unfortunate like it, it i maintain that it whether there's another season under covid okay then it'll it'll stay the same cast but i think as soon as that's done i think i really do believe it's it has to be um some fresh air it's just gotta be no one I'm reaches not- a satisfying endpoint with lauren lauren's whole um you know, come back, do a project, come back and still be on the show and do another project, still be on the show. Like Keenan being there, like probably going to be there for 20 years while also doing a sitcom. Uh, you know, Kate, all the other people, AD, all, everyone that, that are, that's doing the project now. And it, it really is keeping people from joining. Uh, but mostly, you know, I think three a year is decent. But like but the hell, people who there's aren't... no reason it should be twenty. You gotta that, lose three. That's exactly. exactly like the people who are already there don't even can't even get airtime, let alone bringing in fresh faces. Like there's not enough airtime to go around. I have a, a theory that maybe I could just be like completely making up or just like reaching out of nowhere. And I think it's probably the executives. So I'm just going to say that and assume that. But I think somebody saw how great the like Amy Poehler, Seth Meyers era was and was like, what if we held on to them for longer? And is trying to do that with this cast with like 
Kate McKinnon and Keenan. They're like, let's just hold on to them. Cause like we should have done that with them. And it's, it's not turning out great. And I think they should let some people go. They need to let some people go. Yeah. It has to happen. Yeah, and we, we, we did talk recently on a show about how they don't really do that anymore. Like they haven't, it's been a while since they've just been like, uh, you know what, Chris Parnell, funny as you are, we're just going to go in a different direction. Well, Tara and Killam and Jay Farrow. That were, was different though, that they moved on. But they, it also. They had other projects that they were. Like, I must remind that, 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 that was kind of like the lifeblood of the show snl's ability um every five to ten years to start almost completely fresh never fresh on the writers but fresh on the cast um it it has been the thing that has made the space for the eras of snl that everybody knows and loves like like the era of SNL that I love most wouldn't have happened unless most of the people from the era right before I loved had left. And that was a mix of contracts. It was a mix of choosing to leave and it was a mix of being fired. But regardless, there was enough cast changeover and then even during my time watching, like I think about the changeover that happened between like 2008 to 2011, almost, you know, a very large amount of changeover. And then that changeover completed itself by 2014. The last person from like my cast of SNL left. And then at that point, besides Keenan, because Keenan, um, but like, you know, I wouldn't have been I wouldn't have had been able to have new favorites if my old favorites never left. We got to make space. I agree completely. SNL is a phoenix. It needs to live yeah. its life, burn up and then be born again. And this one won't burn up and it needs to burn up. Yeah. And please. maybe post COVID will finally light the spark that catches those phoenix on fire and we can have new little baby eggs i think it's gotta be baby cast members i think it's gotta be please nbc hear our pleas hear Hear our our cries cries. (laughs) we want this so bad we we want new people so bad and or more so the newer folks to have their voices just picturing like an alternate reality where it's like we're here chatting with Lorraine Newman, who's going into her record 46th season on Saturday Night Live. You guys, can can I just, um, to wrap us up, can I give some fun news? Um, Do it. The polls, it. the polls, which opened as we were starting this episode, have closed. Um, they, there were five votes and or they're they're not closed but there 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 are results i mean um there are five votes in and they are all for biden so let that we should end it now yeah exactly (laughs) let that be let that be a uh goodness let us all hope that that's an indicator in the most libertarian state in the union our lawyers are closing. Joe Biden. Our lawyers are closing in. No.
Yeah, actually, I'm just going to... God um, bless us, everyone. I'm just going to share a quick something. This is, a, this is a projection of what the map will look like based on this early Oh, my data. God. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> it's a completely blue map. If this holds, we're looking at... We're looking at something pretty incredible here, folks. And we can say that it all started something phenomenal in Dixville Notch. And I think that Biden should just sue to end now. Very smart. Very smart campaigning. He has a very large a brain. Well, we'll be back next week with host Dave Chappelle yet again for our post-election episode. Um what do we make of that? Wait, Beth, I have a question because I didn't know about this yes, until go literally ahead. five minutes before we started recording. And I went, why is SNL trending? They did um, an election special that's on right now. Oh, um, clip sh- clip oh show. dear. Oh, it's a clip, a, oh, it's a clip show. show. Oh, thank God. Show. Woo. Okay. Yeah, so that like- would be crazy if we all had just collectively missed an, an SNL while we were podcasting about SNL. <laughs> That would be we really did funny. that though. Uh, the Bill Burr one, I think. Did we podcast during an SNL? I think the. I think. I think we no the 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 first one of the season. We definitely were recording the season preview while the SNL was already airing. That that did. Oh happen. okay yes. okay got it got it got it. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that I think. It will be interesting to have Chappelle back regardless, because um, if Trump wins, I will be looking forward to hearing what Dave Chappelle has to say about it. And if Biden wins, I'm looking forward to Dave Chappelle reminding people that you still have to be politically active, even when there's a Democrat president and God willing uh, Congress. You still have to like tell them that you need things or they won't give you the things that you need that's how the government works i i don't know much about dave Chappelle. he's another um person who i've recently been (laughs) learning about um like i recently this year saw the the player ball sketch um but i think no matter what he will be yelling at america in a good way yeah i agree i think i think um I mean, who else could you really give the job besides, you know, because because you're possibly asking somebody to host the first show after Trump wins again, uh, who could you really ask to do that job besides somebody who's already done it? It'd be cruel to ask anybody else to do it. It makes it, it does make me wonder who's that, who reached out to who, you know, you, you have to assume they reached out to him because why right. would anybody, but I think, I think it's still funny that they're just like, Hey, wouldn't that be funny? And he was like, yeah, yeah, let's, why not? Glad they, um, I guess it's tomorrow or maybe not because it might take a couple days for the results to come it's in. It's tomorrow like, now. They, uh, not, not on the West Coast, baby. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get your sleeping bag and get out of my house. Um, but they're, they very well might have trouble writing for this week because things might change within 24 hours multiple times this week. So it'll be very interesting for you guys. Good luck, because this could either be... Thank you. ...very, very rushed, or it, it could be... I'm hoping it's not, but 
there's a possibility they might have to be like writing stuff a day or two before. That's definitely true. That is definitely Neo. true. The original plan the was there was not going to be a show this week, and we'll see if maybe that would have been the correct choice if what they end up putting on the air next week is super sloppy. I, I think they shouldn't have simply because not because like of like oh political implications but because of like it it this might take some time to count and that simple fact will make it hard to write material i think but also so, i am not a, i'm not a writer so what do i know so no that is definitely secret. a good point i'm so nervous about the secret chord Oh, oh no. the one that oh the one that David played it pleased the Lord right no 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 yeah. whatever happens again it won't be that that part people don't remember too that part of the reason that happened is because Leonard Cohen had died yeah yes. people just exactly people just think that Kate decided to sing Hallelujah because Leonard Cohen died oh my God, like that you guys day. just like dug up a memory i was like why 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 is this a bit that's happening yeah no unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately they did do that and unfortunately because it was still so bizarre that trump had won it felt at the time meaningful and now hey did you know if you look at hallelujah lyrics the first things that come up are the pentatonics version because i wasn't expecting that personally that (laughs) is insane I can't believe we're there with the I mean, Shreks existing and all that. I'm an original. I'm an original Pentatonics fan, so I would just like to say that. However, oh my god, to be in high school, the sing-off on NBC, my I favorite, my favorite uh, singing competition to me, ever air on ba- television. Let me bounce off you, Skylar. Uh, do you watch The Masked Singer? I do not watch The Masked Singer, but my dad watches TV. Uh, which and the news, which means every day after the masked singer, they have to do a bit about the masked singer on the oh news. Oh my god! So I basically am watching the masked singer against my will. Ken Jong hosts another show called "I Can See Your Voice" that's on right now. But also, uh, there's also going to be the masked dancer. That is another. Tell me how that, that makes sense. Soon. How does that make you feel? It, it doesn't. I don't like... Okay, so I already didn't like this offshoot one where it's like... The one that you just said, what's it called? I can see your voice. Yeah, that's, I just think, a very strange premise that just I I could never find myself watching It's extremely... All. It's very particular and it's not up my alley. But The Masked Dancer is just very strange i don't want to guess who's dancing and i also don't think i know enough about dancers exactly anything so so the idea celebrities but like i it's just i feel like with singing with singing you hear a voice yeah you hear a voice you know celebrities talk and you can think to their talking voices. It's why when Raven Simone was on The Masked Singer, she sang one song and I said, that of course is Raven Simone. And I was positive because that woman's voice has lived inside me since I was a wee child. So then, so yes, Masked Singer makes sense as a concept. It, 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 it makes sense. It's crazy, yes, but it makes sense. I can see your voice 
makes no sense. The masked dancer makes even less sense. The thing that's confusing me is like maybe if you did it in the um, very, very tight skin face covering thing, one might potentially be able to guess. But based off of the masked singer, I know they're going to like really costumize this and like really like they're going to have a budget for sure. And like, what am I supposed to do with that? I can't, I don't think if Beyonce was in a masked costume, I would even be able to figure out that was her dancing, you know? No, I agree. I agree. And unless they were doing their own, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It it doesn't make any sense. There's also the sing-on on on Netflix. How long do we think that'll last? The match pitch. Yeah, that's Guitar Hero, but in real life. And it's you bad. should watch it. It's crazy. We, we no one should watch it. Sorry, Titus. I think, and I, I could be wrong, and I if I'm wrong and I mixed him up with another comedian, I'm sorry. But Drew Gooden did a really, really, really good yes, video right. about like how all of these singing shows are just trying to be the new American Idol. Yeah, it's true. He did do that. That that was an amazing video. He's great. Everybody watched that and then complained to all of the network televisions about how they need to fix everything. Yeah, ask them to stop. Titus Burgess can always fall back on Dishmantled. Dishmantled? The what? I don't even get that reference. Dishmantled was a show on Quibi. Oh my god. They they would be put up like they'd be put against a wall and blindfolded and they would shoot them in the face with a cannon of food and then they had to make what they think was shot at them. Wasn't this Dan Levy? Uh he was like a guest guest judge on one of the episodes, I think. Yep. Everything you just said sounded fake. I just I just least, remember least of all Quibby. The Quibby got launched now this can't be real maybe it opened earlier but it came out in spring yeah it was the worst time. it's already dead <laughs> it didn't even make it to winter wow no one the rode per- transit this year what a victim of 2020 quibby i'm glad it's dead truly well, I found out while recording this podcast that Quibi means quick bites, and I haven't stopped thinking about it. Yeah, I, I hate it. I hate that as a title. How did you just find that out? Does anyone else remember the horrible, um, and I'm not sure if it was the same in Canada, uh, but like I feel like when I was watching anything on YouTube, I was just pelted to death with Quibi ads before they launched where it's just like a celebrity being like oh what's this I'm watching a Quibi what's a Quibi find out in the spring wink it was horrible the marketing budget was bottomless the marketing budget was bigger than their tv show budget Oh, well, because they they didn't pay union rates. They like they oh really the system. Yeah, yeah because well by having short content they didn't have to. So yeah, fuck Quibi. You, yeah, so instead that's of why so many corporations shelled into this. Yes, yeah. that makes of, so much sense. Instead of doing 10 40 minute episodes, they did 40 10 minute episodes, and because they were short content, they didn't have to abide by like WGA rules. Oh, so they could hire they could hire scabs and 
the rest is history. Rest in peace, you dirty bastard. The no one will remember Quibi in 10 years except for the people who witnessed it. It's true. <laughs> like the Zune. Or Flappy Bird. Or the N-Gage. Do you Ooh. guys remember that? Do you think there will be a, a point where people are selling phones on eBay that have Quibi installed on it? Mm, no. Well, Sorry to shoot fine. down your bit, but no, I do not. I can see your voice, or as the executives at Fox called it, I can avoid a rerun. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they're like doing pandemic shooting. Like they're like, ugh, 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 ugh. Wow, we're ending on a sad note, just talking about like how's quibby and like unions and like ugh. Bring it back to the election optimism. Five for Biden. Let's bring it Five back to uh, um I should probably a post-COVID SNL future where bright new babies are at the head of the helm of the ship and they can shine. Let's dream of that. Future. That is optimistic. One last plea for NBC <laughs> to do this. Please, please, please. I'm begging you. There are there are results also in from Millsfield, New Hampshire, which is one of the other tiny towns of a very few people that are one of the first uh, in the nation to vote. Um, also, five votes for Joe Biden. Oh man! 16, I was. I'm not gonna lie. For I, I was. I was weird. Oh well, there it is. Womp womp. <laughs> which, yeah. which, which, yeah. funnily enough, was the exact same results they had in 2016. That's okay. Yeah, it seems right. It's New Hampshire. Wait, do you mean? Do you mean that also? The first county? No, I mean, oh, they, okay, good. Like in, good, good, in, good. In 2016, they also had 21 people vote, and it was 16 votes for Trump, five for Clinton. got it. And somehow they've done the exact same thing again. Yeah, that's crazy. Somebody in it's a tiny town. I would in, think that if you lived in a town that tiny, like they would not change their opinions on this. Somebody in in yeah. in Dixieland, whatever that Dixie Normus, whatever that was called. Oh my God! There was a vote. There was a write-in vote in 2016 for Mitt Romney. Oh my God! Glad That's that person voted dumbest. for Biden. I guess. Yeah, Jesus. A lot of joke Kanye voters. I'm a little worried about, but not that much. But there was nothing like more. I mean, we should end on a positive note, but there was like nothing. So more weird in my life than like looking at my voting ballot and seeing I think it was the third down was like the American independent and it was some guy and then vice president Kanye and I was like oh yeah yeah (laughs) what a what a world Joe Biden (laughs) what a world what a world indeed well that is going to do it for episode 40 of the Featured Players podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Featured SNL. Um, Bram, can you tell the folks how they can send us voicemails? Sure. Um, no, he can't because he doesn't know how to, to well, send voicemails. Well, while, while you find out, it out uh, okay, let's, yeah. let's turn it to Skylar and say, where can we follow you on all the things? Uh, you can follow me on uh, Instagram and Twitter at misnamedplants. 
Uh, and then if you want to look at any of my illustration portfolio, uh, look me up under skylarverdisco.com. And if you want to look at my store, ooh, um, that's, I think, just skylarverdisco.bigcartel.com. Yeah. That's right. I have visited it recently. Oh, thank you, Beth. Everyone go buy Skylar's cool art. She has so much stuff and good very art, good stickers. Good stickers. Good I shirts. I am hopefully in or close to late November. I will be having spoilers. A tote bag. Ooh. I think it's going to happen no matter what. I just don't know the exact date because I have That's to finish thrilling. the illustration and send it to manufacturers. <laughs> Fair um, enough. So our voicemail, if you want to leave us a voicemail on the phone, considering your uh, U.S. number, uh, 580-789-9486. That's 580-789-9486. And that's the number to reach our voicemail and leave us a message. Give us your takes about SNL. Uh, It doesn't even have to be about SNL. It's something for us to play on the show. And it gives you uh, attention. You love attention, don't you? Uh, you could also go to anchor.fm slash featured players, our anchor page, and record voicemail on there. Uh, not over the phone. It's your choice. Do it either way. And sometimes I decide to put a little phone filter over the ones that put it over on the anchor page. So it sounds like you did it on the phone. So it doesn't really make a difference. You have Exotic. a choice there. I, yeah, I've done it at least three times. Uh, yeah. Boys, where and, can the people follow you on social media? And you can follow me at RealBrams, R-E-E-L-B-R-A-M. Z. What's he gonna say? Oh, he went with Z. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't realize this was a thing, but it is you're, a thing now. You were missing a letter there. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Brendan D. Noel, and I'm on Instagram, I think, at Brendan Noel. I don't know. Brendan D. Noel. Uh, oh, sorry, I was on Twitter. Well, that's that's Twitter. I think Instagram, no middle initial. And gotcha. you cannot follow me, but I love you. No, nope. doesn't exist. Don't try. She's nowhere. Beth, who is she? I don't know, Beth. Who is she? Okay, God bless us, everyone. Uh, You won't hear this before the election, but vote your little pants off. God bless everyone. We will get through this together. And until next week, take care and and farewell. Bye! When it takes it all yeah. The loser standing small Beside the victory